Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Welcome back, Maximum Octane. This is your host, Kim Hickey. We are here for another wonderful guest and opportunity for all of you as uh, small business owners and anybody else that's in leadership that might be listening, or even if you're not in leadership, we are here for everyone. So joining me today is... uh, Somebody that just has the most fabulous accent, so I, I, I always enjoy chatting with him besides his wealth of knowledge and information, but Mr. Phil Jackson, who is the Business Development Manager at Pit Crew Marketing. How are you today, Phil? I'm doing well, Kim. Good morning or good afternoon to everybody on the, on the East Coast, I guess. Thanks for, thanks for having me this morning. I, I, I appreciate um, Phil was scheduled to meet with me in Puerto Rico and uh, when the now famous incident uh, thing that got me my 17 stitches is uh, <laughs> so, so I really appreciate your patience and, and dealing with that and watching me kind of squirm around because my leg is up. So there's that. So I, uh, I have an email from you at 3.09 a.m. when I woke up the next morning. So I was like, <laughs> canceling i was like i wonder what happened there i had no context of what had gone on but it's 309 a.m i was like well it must have been something reasonably serious and it, it was so anyway i'm glad you're feeling a little bit better i'm glad they uh they took good care of you over there yeah i forgot i sent it i, I was i got back from the hospital the emergency room and i'm like oh my gosh i have all these appointments booked for the next day so i was like emailing people like crazy trying to look at the schedule so that's behind us now. So there's all that good stuff. So I am trying to kind of do my stuff a little backwards now because I used to do about the unproductive habit that people changed at the end, but I get so excited and passionate about what's going on. I run out of time. So moving that. So I'm kind of like eating my dessert before my dinner, if you will, Phil. So Obviously, to, to have any success as a leader in, in any industry you're in, we have to exchange some of our habits, maybe that aren't good for better ones. What's an unproductive habit you had that you changed? I feel we're just in such a distracted world nowadays, right? There's so much going on. You think of social media as a big distractor, but your phone in general, right? You can, we've all been there where you're sat on your phone, especially first thing in the morning and you look by and 15 minutes has gone by, 20 minutes has gone by and you're like, wow, where, where did that go? So that was one of my unproductive things. And I feel without being perfect and, and we're in this world where certain people portray perfectionism, right? Which doesn't exist. And especially on social media, right? You get caught up in wasting time. And I think while we need our time to completely shut off, my productivity has gone 
up dramatically as I wake up in the morning and I have a morning routine. And I know that's not a brand new thing that I'm saying to people, people understand it. Most of mine comes from, I wake up with my, my two boys very early now, right? So I'm up very early. You know, we get organized in the morning. He's the oldest is, is pretty settled in the morning and I get to work a little bit right away, right? You have to wake up, get your coffee, do 30 minutes work right away versus, you know, wasting that 30 minutes. Cause what it does, it, it, it puts your brain with, with useless information. And then before you, you kind of go into the day tired. So I like to do something very early in the morning as you wake up and you go straight at it, that 30 minutes, even if it's just a, a short period of time, I found helps me gain energy throughout the day. So my own pro- productivity was waking up, consuming useless information, social media, watching my two-year-old boys useless TV. And now it consumes of getting a laptop out, you know, at least planning your day, right? I, I found put, setting aside a plan of, you know, what are my three things that I'm trying to accomplish throughout the day? And, and how am I going to do that throughout the, throughout the day? Because again, we've all looked at things. It turns to 1 p.m., 2 p.m. And you're like, damn, what, what's got done today? So I'm getting out of those habits. So we've all been there. Yes, yes, we have. And it's, it's amazing how similar when I speak to successful people such as yourself, how similar they start out their day or the night before, you know, and it's with intent and yeah. not letting noise get in your head and, and having a plan, but, but more importantly, consistency with it, not one day get up early, the next day not, and so on. And it's, it's really, I mean, I always, you know, I do myself, I've heard it from other people, but getting to interview so many people more now on a global uh, platform, it's, it's shocking to me, I guess, how consistent that message is from everybody. And so if you don't have a morning routine or a night routine or whatever it is that you do to get your head together and, and plan, plan out what you're doing, you need to, you need to do it because that's what anybody that is successful does. There might be variations in it. Um, I interviewed somebody yesterday. They even put the toothpaste on their toothbrush the night before. So I was like, wow, that's, that's committed. That's commitment. But that's a whole new level. Yeah. But I, <laughs> you mentioned consistency there, right? And it's important to recognize we're we're all human. And again, I, I go back to the social media thing. You look at certain people on social media and you look at them and you're like, damn, these guys have got it all worked out. It's it's also important to understand that these are humans too. And what mm-hmm. they're showing you through a lens is is that perfectionism. That doesn't exist. So while you need consistency. You've also got to be honest with yourself and listen to when you need that break. Might, you might not be able to wake up and read 20 pages of your book on this Wednesday morning because you had a crazy t- life happens, right? I always say that life happens. So while your intent is there to do it, and I, I like that word, you have to start a day with intent and you have to, to plan it ahead. Otherwise, it just gets away from you. You also have to understand and from a human point of view, we, we've got a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of variables that happen to you throughout your day. So you see these people that say, I'm up at 4.30 a.m. every day and I do this, this, and this. That's great, but there's also a realistic portion of it, right? So you've got to give yourself a little break as well and understand that that we're humans. And I think I've become less less harsh on myself as I've, I've grown a little bit older and a little bit more mature. So last night, my, my seven-month-old had a bad night's sleep. So I woke up this morning a little bit later and it's like, before I'd have been like, why did I do that? But, you know, again, life happens in it you got to important to recognize that we're all human as well. So 
That's an awesome reminder that you have to give yourself a little grace. I think we're very forgiving when other people do things and not Correct. so much with ourselves. So yeah. having realistic, realistic ideals is, is really great. So you and I were chatting a little bit beforehand and talking about it's the first time in a while, especially in the automotive industry, that people are saying no to repairs or services. And, and I see it in a lot of industries going on as well. You got inflation, you have you know, money, you have pay scales, we have million reasons, excuses, whatever you want to call it. Why? Right. What are some of the things that with the people you're working with that you're talking to them about how to get them to say yes to whatever it is that you're selling? I think, you know, we, we keep touching on the word of consistency. When you're talking about marketing, it's about consistency as well, right? The message I've had shops that are now panicking because when things were going good, they would switch off their marketing, which to me is never the answer. There should always be this, and, and you might tailor it down just a little bit, but those ones that are coming out of this bubble that we're, we're in now, where we're going into people saying no, the ones that are doing okay are the ones that stayed consistent throughout, right? So that consistency of message to your, to your consumer base. Also, now for the first time, we're kind of competing, right? It, we're back competing because I think, coming back to the automotive world in general, for the last two years, it's been relatively rosy. People were saying yes to a lot of jobs. They had a little bit of excess cash, you know, talking about going back to the, the pandemic and people had a little bit of extra time. People had, now we got to get back to differentiation. Like what is it that makes your business, your small business or your, your automotive shop different to, to Joe's down the street? What is it that does that? And I think one of the things that, that we've kind of hung our hat on here is your social impact, right? When you talk about social impact, how are you supporting the community around you? And how is then, how is that community coming back to support you? I think there's that feel good factor of, of involving, especially from a small business point of view. If you're well within your community and you're looked upon very fondly in your community, you can turn marketing on or marketing off. And we, we talked about this with the ROI in social impact. Social impact is a constant do good thing over and over again, consistently. I'm supporting my community. And I think when bad times come up, who do you rely on? You rely on that local community and people have long memories when it comes to things that have a lasting impact. And social impact is one of those supporting the community. People remember those things when they're coming back into your business. They're not just doing business with you because you're a good automotive technician or, or automotive repair shop or small business owner, whatever you do. They're not just coming in because you're good at what you do, because generally speaking, if you're a small business owner, you're good at what you do. Your difference is, were you, I remember you from supporting AYB, ABC Foundation, and, and those things are lasting memory for, for shops. So I think that's the thing that can get you through these more difficult times as a, as a small business owner. It's something our CEO, Jeff, has, has always pushed us as people who give back get back eventually. And I, I think that the ROI is not something you always relate to, to charitable giving, but there is a, a massive ROI. And then little alone to that, it, it feels great. Like, you, you know, you're giving back to these communities, you're ingrained in these communities and people remember that. So. Yeah. People buy from people. You can have great products and services, but people buy from people. And I, and I think that, you know, when you look at, people today and what as 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 the workforce is making the shift from living to work to working to live and 
time is becoming more important to them and being with their family and they're placing more value as as internal customers, employees, whatever you want to call them, they're placing more value on the quality of their life, the quality of their work environment, and they want to be part of something bigger. Anybody today can go work anywhere, let's face it. Every single industry, company, there isn't anyone I speak to, regardless of how big or small their company is, that they're not desperate for good people, right? They're they're everyone's hiring. This is the Unemployment, I mean, <laughs> there's more jobs available than people on unemployment are able to fill them is incredible. But they want to be part of something bigger, and it matters where they work now because they have choices. A lot of times people didn't have choices before, and now they do. So whether it's an internal customer wanting to find a home to work at and, and be feel part of something bigger community, believe in the mission vision or an external customer wanting to bring their, their vehicle or whatever it is to your service. It's so important. And people don't think about that marketing. It, it, it tracks the internal customers just as much as external, right? The right messaging, right. the right things. And, and we need all the tools and resources that we can get right now with that. Don't we? It, exactly. In, in an industry where, like you said, everybody is, is struggling for good people because there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an excess of jobs. And, and, and you talked a little, touched it a little bit there, and it came with the kind of generational shift now. I think my generation, you know, the, the millennials, I guess, they don't just want to go work for a paycheck. They truly don't, right? Everyone needs a. Are a, you needs- saying that I'm not in your generation, Phil? <laughs> no, I, I didn't say that. I, I did this the other day, and, and I went down a path. I, I don't want to. No, do you're that. what you're 100. You know, it's it's a different different way. You know that people were raised, and and yeah. you know, hopefully, we get a little smarter each generation and uh, right. understand teaching about importance and. You know, maybe one day we won't have people having a heart attack at their desk anymore. And so, yeah, and 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 that's it, right? The, I think you go back to to my my parents' generation was the generation that really worked hard and they and they worked long hours and there was this, you know, set up for financial relative success, right? They they worked so hard that was that was the way it was, and now all of a sudden there's been a shift and it's sometimes it's pointed out as laziness. I don't believe it is. I think it comes back to what you were talking about with, with the the quality of life now. Like I, I've touched on it a couple of times. I got two boys that I don't want to be working sixty hour weeks. I want to spend time with them because he's only two years old. He's only seven months old at one point. So I want to try and spend as as much time as I can with them because that's the stuff that that doesn't come back. Now that doesn't mean you're lazy and you don't want to work. That that's the the two can coexist. And I think. As a as a small business owner, you've this is kind of on topic, kind of a different one, but you you have to understand how to talk to different people and different generations, right? Because if you want to be a leader, you can't just lead people like yourself. Because now, you know, say you're say you're a forty five year old business owner or fifty five year old business owner, everybody you employ is not going to be the same personality as you. So you have to talk to me different than you have to talk to. A 20-year-old coming out of college who you're trying to hire as a technician, you have to talk differently to them. And, and I think that's, again, a differentiator as a leader, just generally speaking as a leader. If you know how to talk to people, we're all, my boss, old, old boss told me we're in a relationship business. 
not just to your to your customer that comes in the shop, but you said it to your internal customer, your, your employees. How do I want to get them? How do I get them to work for me in a positive manner? I have to learn how to communicate with them and how they want to be communicated. So very interesting topic. I like it. Excellent points. And I think sometimes because it's different in a different way of looking things and not the way we've always done it, that there's some business owners and managers that are afraid of what, and they think everybody's going to just run amok. And, and there yeah. are people that will, there are people that will take advantage and there are lazy people out there. And there's always been lazy people that hasn't changed. There's, but if you set up the expectations when you're interviewing and you're hiring and you're onboarding and you let them know that we do have some freedom here, we do understand that your family life and time is important to you. And you know, we can give you this time off or this schedule or this whatever, providing these metrics are met during the week. And so it has to be a give and take. And I think some people are resisting that because they're just like, oh, you know, they're going to not work. You know, they won't do anything. Nobody likes change. I think it's not many people like change anyway. And it, and when you acknowledge that and uh, understand that there's going to be some bumps along the road and we, we mentioned earlier, like giving yourself a little bit of a break as a leader, you're not going to make 100% of the decisions correctly. You're not going to pick 100% of the personalities correctly. Give yourself a break when you give it a try. But but we've, it's so dangerous to stay the same, right? The, you know, you've all, those, there's those sayings out there about like, you know, the mo most dangerous thing is just to, to stay where you are because the world and, and business is, is constantly evolving. So if you say, this is the way we've always done it, it here. That is the worst, worst thing in the world, right? And you've got to, you've got to understand that, that changes that you're going to make changes that don't always work out. You're going to hire people that are lazy. You're going to hire people that try and take, you know, run amok. Like you, you're going to do that and, and acknowledge that. But you're also going to hire people when you give them a bit of slack, they come back and they they overwhelm you with the success that they have, right? So giving people that human touch and that human relationship that you're building with these employees it can again ROI wise you can get a, a great person if you're just good to them so let's let's talk about switch gears for a second and talk about something else that brings a great ROI and that's referrals from your external customers and internal customers as well when you have people working for you that are running around and saying I love this place I love what we stand for it's it's the best recruiter and and the same thing your top customers that how do you make them be ambassadors for you like i i know in business over the years my gosh people would come in and because so and so raved about you know my shop my business and they spent so much more money when they came in because someone else sort of gave them the blessing and said yes you can trust them you can spend money what, what do you advice do you have about that we got some studies on that actually on on our so we have a referral program within our platform and and the referred customer as a new customer one-time customer spends so much more than just your general new customer right so i think of it as a customer i read a article in a newspaper or i uh, read a review online which is kind of the the new age referral right you you're reading all these reviews now i'm going to take it and i'm going to read it i'm like yeah, this, this shop seems great. But now if I'm friends with you, Kim, and, and, and we go out to dinner one night and you say, just a genuine experience. Oh, damn, I went to, to John's Automotive Repair the other day. You know, uh, you know, I needed 
two tires and I thought I needed four, but they told me honestly, they said, no, you can last these two for the next six months or a year. We can prolong. And I had this wonderful experience. Now I'm looking at that. I'm like, oh, next time I need tires, guess what? Kim, Kim's told me that no matter where I, what, what coupons I receive in the mail, I'm probably going to go to somebody that I already have a genuine relationship with, with like, which is my friend. So if you are creating a great experience for your customer base, again, not everything gets tracked. Sometimes a customer comes in and you don't know they've been referred. Our program has the ability to track it, but only when they, when they say it, right? Oh, were you referred right. by anybody? But I think if you can target those good customers, and we all have those good customers who spend more with us, most likely you're surrounded by people who are very similar to you. So I have friends who are similar to me, similar beliefs, you know, similar income. So if, if a customer like me is spending money at a shop, chances are if they refer a friend and you give them a similar experience, they're going to spend that money as well. So I think the power of that, that human point, that relationship point that you create this great experience for, for a friend, and then they've raved about you organically or authentically, sorry, that carries so much more weight than just a review online or a coupon in the mail, right? Because they might try you for a coupon in the mail, but they don't know that they're going to get this great experience because they, they don't know that your friend's been in there. So let me ask you about what people should look for in a referral program, because a lot of times when I speak with small business owners and I ask them if they have a, a referral program and are they using their customers to be ambassadors for them and all that, I get a lot of pushback or they'll say, oh, you know, I tried a referral program. It didn't work. I wound up giving away more money than right. I would have. They, you know, these people came in twice a year anyway, and now I have to give them off a hundred dollars every time they come in and without yep. getting too specific because of time is one of the things, but what are things that people should look for when they're partnering with somebody for a referral program? Uh, simplicity, right? You 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 went there as, as as easy as you can make this, and as organic and authentic as you can make this, the better, right? So having a system to track the referrals takes the weight off your your service advisors or whoever's your people dealing with your customers. Having automations going with a message that not only has your human at the front counter mention it, but also a system that automates the ask. Right. If they've mentioned it, we all know with marketing, you should receive the message three times. So this is a theory of marketing. Right. So if they mentioned one time when they presented their welcome packet of, 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 of rewards or whatever, however you're going to do it, that we have a referral program when they come check out. Oh, just a reminder, here's some cards for you. To, if you want to physically hand to your friends, your kind words are much appreciated. And then the sent a final message, which is an automation, you know, six days later or whenever you, you set it up. That repetition of message and that simplicity of how it works and very clear on how it works. What do I get for this? I get $25. Okay, great. Okay, how do I do it? You hand them a card. If they come in, we automatically credit your account, right? So it can get very complex sometimes. So as much as we can oversimplify the process as well as the message, that's when a, a referral program works for me, so... Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned simplicity. Another one. I have a lot of soapboxes. I just, I really do. The more I talk, the more I realize how many darn soapboxes I have in pet peeves. But 
I see sometimes some some people's marketing in all industries. And it's like if you come in on the fourth Monday with a full moon and bring a pit bull, we'll give you $25. But if you bring a cat, we'll give you $35. And if your kid comes with you, it's $40. And, and, I, and I look at these things and my head is like, I don't understand what I get. I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to do it. So just give me something simple. This, the, the tiered and the, this and the, yeah, you can it's keep crazy. It. Make it as easy as you can for the customer and make it easy as you can for the person that's presenting it to the customer. Right. So you don't want to overcomplicate it in our industry, in the automotive industry, service writers, managers, overworked some of the most over overworked people in the industry making it easy for them if you provide any resistance for them to do they won't do right if you as much as you can so simplifying it for the person presenting it that is your internal customer presenting it to your actual customer and simplifying it for the customer so they can understand what what they're getting for for them doing something nobody really does anything unless going to get something back uh, to a degree right so if you're giving them some I'll give you $25 if, if somebody comes in and uses this, this card. Bang, done. And then the, your team knows how to do it when that customer brings in that, that card. That's it. Simplify. You bring up another really good point, and, and that's something else we hear is my, my consultant, my service advisor, my whatever clerk, whatever, again, business that people are in, they don't have time to, you know, present this they, or they keep forgetting and they keep whatever. But we have to train our people when we give them any task, even if it's something as simple as asking for a referral or whatever it is. And you got to give them the resources and give them a minute to absorb it. And so many times I see managers and owners just throw something at, you know, when they're internal customers, and they're like, start doing this tomorrow. And it's like, how do we work this in? Show me, you know, show me. Here's how you work it into a conversation. Here's how, what you say at the end. Here's how it, it won't really add any other time. And here's how you'll benefit from doing this. You're absolutely right. And I, and I as I said, I agree with with people. There's so, these guys have got so many systems. They've got so many things and it's off the whim and we're doing this now and we're doing that now. you got to be in this and you got to be in that. The thing of all the systems, the systems are supposed to make our life easier as uh, as workers, as business owners, as everything. So make sure your system is helping take a load off. And if it's not, find a way to replace it, find a way to consolidate. That's always my answer. But if you don't have time to talk to your customer at the end of the thing, you'll find yourself losing that customer. Because right, as much as as much as I value technology and as much as I value that, I want to feel talked to like my business is special to you. So if, if, if I don't get some form of personal contact at the end when I'm picking up my keys, I don't, I personally don't like that. And I probably wouldn't come back because I think I'm just a number. They've just taken $1,200 off me and they didn't even take the time to present. I got this reward program. What is that? What does that entail for me? I'm never going to go, you know, like it, there has to be this human touch throughout the thing. While technology is making it easy and systems make it easy. If you don't have time to talk to your customers about important things like referrals, like why your business is different, like why we value you as a customer, then the whole thing goes to goes to pot and, and, we're, and, and we're struggling. Then when tough times come around, which are coming, that customer remembers their experience and they're not coming back to you. So if you don't have time to be a human and talk to them as a human, 
then I think you're doing something wrong and your values are wrong as a, as a small business owner. You just mentioned something that made a little bit of a light bulb go off in my head. And I re- agree with the personal touch. We're getting too automated with things. And there are some people that like that, but we have to always ask our customers, what approach do you like? You know, do you, how do you want to handle stuff? Do you want us to call you, email, text? Some people hate getting texts. Some people love getting texts, but you have to find out from your individual people. But I just was thinking right now about how it feels, and especially as of late, I don't know how often you go to restaurants, probably not a lot with the, the your age of your children right now, but it seems anywhere I go, even hotels anywhere, it's I'm treated as a inconvenience. You know, they're busy, they're shorthanded, and now I screwed up their day. You know, there's there's I just did on my morning show a thing about it. I, I've been seeing signs even in the doctor's office everywhere saying we're shorthanded and just be patient and don't be rude and whatever, or get out, you know, and it's like, well, that certainly makes me feel warm and fuzzy. But in a world where we're so desperate to find good people to, to work for us, every single person that you're interacting with as a customer is a potential internal customer or know someone that could be an internal customer. So can you imagine, Phil, you know, being rude or treating somebody like an afterthought and their spouse or significant other or child or niece or nephew or best friend might be looking for a position, uh, you know, somewhere and, and you just wasted that opportunity because we need to wow everybody, whether it's because we're trying to attract internal or external customers. And people talk, right? We talked about online reviews earlier. Like, you know, you'll get that you ask for reviews sometimes and they put a great experience. A lot of the time, let's say 90% of your customers don't bother to do that. But what they usually do is they've had this wow experience or this terrible experience. They'll talk about it and they talk about it to their local, you know, surroundings. Let's say they got five friends. That word spreads like wildfire. So you want it want it to be the wow experience versus not, because if you've got a problem with car count, you know, most of the time it's to do with, with that in-house or in-shop experience, or you got a problem with customers. Did they have a good experience? How are you finding out? Did they have a good experience? Are your front people at the counter giving them that experience? Are they giving them the time that they need as a, as a customer? Because people talk, right? We know that, that technology can replace a lot of things. People do still talk and they get with their friends, and they have a couple of drinks and they say, oh, my experience at, you know, this repair shop was awful. I would never go back. And they're probably telling that same story to five, 10 people. Those are customers in your vicinity that you're never going to get a chance to go. So every interaction is an important opportunity, whether that be to hire people in general. But it shouldn't be just about that, right? You should be wanting to, everybody should be wanting to be human and make somebody else's day slightly better right so for sure and you, you even with social media i the neighborhood that i live in has a facebook group and it is so negative i i, I don't even click on it anymore to see what's happening in the neighborhood unless i need to search out a contractor or something but every day there's there isn't any less than 15 20 people complaining about poor service they had whether it's car repair a restaurant, a doctor, a dentist. I mean, it's just crazy. And so with social media, the word spreads even faster. So besides them meeting at the clubhouse or 
whatever and and over bingo or whatever they're doing and talking about it verbally they're yeah. posting it so yeah. well this was great information today and hopefully you'll come back and join me for some more and, and i understand that you have a, a special for anybody that mentions it for listening to this podcast yeah um again thanks for inviting me we we run a rewards and loyalty program with a referral as part of it we're mainly in the automotive industry Big on giving back to your social community and, and how you differentiate yourself as a small business owner, as a shop. We we usually you we got six hundred dollars worth of savings over the course of a year, right? So we uh, that's fifty dollars off a month uh, over the course of the year. Come see what we do if you're interested. Um, I've got all my information on the on the webinar. But again, thank you for letting me me join you, Kim. I, I really enjoyed the chat. Anything to do with with leadership, I'm interested in anything to do with small business. I think small business owners are the ones that power the community. And that's why talking about people. They're the salt of the earth. They exactly. Are the when people post negatively on, on, on social media about a small business, unless it's something that really is bad human interaction, you've got to be careful. You're taking food off people's table. They may have just, like you said, we're all, all small businesses are, are understaffed and, there has to be that leeway from the customer's point of view as well. And I think that's the reason why small businesses sold this, this incredible American dream. And, and, and I love that about this country, but it's hard work as much as we can support each other with, with things like this. So I commend you for doing podcasts like this of, of, of education, but as much as we can support our local guy for car repair or, or pet, pet grooming, whatever it is, try go support and be and and, you know, just just be be kind to people. I think it's it's so hard in today's world. You, everyone gets caught up in themselves, but everybody's trying to do their best, right? Especially small business owners. So, you know, I I want to challenge everybody listening to this today that if you re, if you feel compelled to leave negative reviews and and it really deserves it, I'm I'm okay with that. I hate the the anonymous whatever, but but please do the same equally when you get good service, because that's what I see people do. They go on there and they leave negative reviews anywhere, but they never leave the positive ones. And I, I try to, I don't ever leave bad reviews just because the, the, we could spend a, another <laughs> podcast on that, a pet peeve, whatever you want to call it of mine. But you know, unless somebody tried to murder me, I think I would, cause everybody can have a bad day. Everybody can have a whatever, you know, and, I'm just, it's not worth my time to sit and write out three paragraphs because somebody didn't say hello or remember my, you know, but I do try to, anytime I get really good service now, you know, and I've done this for years, I will ask for a manager and, you know, whether I'm on the phone, whether it's in person and, and I will say, you know, this person gave me an exceptional service. I don't, if they don't give me exceptional, I don't, but I, and it, and it's sad because they always almost turn like pure white feel because they're like, why do you want my manager? Because they're so sure I'm going to yeah. complain, even though they worked really hard yeah. and, and wowed me, they immediately are like so worried and they're just so, and so now I finish and say, can I have a manager? I'd love to tell them what a wonderful experience you gave me. And, and they're like, Oh, thank you so much. And you know, they're like, you don't know how much I appreciate it. And when you see their faces light up because no one tells them that nobody yeah. takes the time to say everyone likes everyone likes positive feedback and and everybody likes to know that they're doing a job because nine out of ten people are really trying and i think there's people to your point there's people that 
are looking for an excuse to bring small businesses, people down and point fingers. And there's people who are looking to uplift and, and bring. So to, to everybody that's listening here, I encourage you to be the latter, right? The ones that, that you should be trying to bring up everybody around you because we talked about it with social impact, human impact as well. If you're genuinely trying to do good for the next person, I am not a big believer in a lot of things, but karma, I believe karma comes back around. So if you're, it, genuinely, it sure does. If you're genuinely being a good person and you're <laughs> consistently doing it with no, with no expectation, right? Give with no expectation. And that's easy to say, well, give with no expectation and, and your life, watch how your life starts to, uh, starts to get better. So. Fantastic. Excellent. Excellent uh, advice, Phil. So remember everybody balance, right? If you're going to throw the bad out there and, and they complain, Make sure you're equally giving the praise and all of that. And uh, so it was a pleasure. And sorry we had to delay it. So I really appreciate you accommodating me today. Everybody, stay safe, make good choices, and stay inspired. And we will be back next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can. 